wanted to try to participate or do this challenge fully, I found that I couldn't do that really uh, for the most part because I found myself in, in a contentious point trying to decide where should I actually focus my time? Is it doing the thing that I don't want to do, kind of don't want to do, mm. but know I should do? Or is it focused on trying to get these the most pressing things that I need to get done? Welcome back to another episode of the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting things done to the test. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Kyle. And in this episode, we talk about the resistance list. We create a list of things that we're resisting doing and spend half an hour each day working on one of those tasks. But Mm -hmm. before we get into how that went, Kyle, how have you been? Ooh, hey, as you know... Uh, I've been uh, busy with a goal that I think I talked about last episode, which is the uh, goal to run 20 miles by the end of the month, 20 consecutive miles as, so not just like 20 miles in total. Mm. So I just spent the entirety of yesterday afternoon, I think from like two o'clock to six o'clock, just running, (laughs) just running. It took me, actually my time was I think four hours and two minutes. Wow. uh, Which was good. I actually ran all the way from our house to downtown Austin, which I actually haven't been to downtown Austin since the pandemic started. Wow. And I ran all the way back. It's about 10 miles from our house to downtown Austin and 10 miles back. One thing I didn't account to, though, I've done these 20-mile runs before, but they're around the lake in downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. And the lake is relatively flat. That's not so true with the routes between my house and downtown Austin. So going down there, which is mostly downhill, was super easy. When I got down there, I was like, you know what? Maybe I could run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, I turned around and then maybe about, I think by mile five on my way back, so mile 15 total, I was just exhausted. And I, I actually had to fight myself to keep on going at times. Wow. Like I, I'd, I'd like stop for like a quick walk, but I'd only count to 30. After I counted 30, I had to keep on going. Uh, that way I wouldn't give myself too long of a uh, rest. The worst part, though, is I was super dehydrated by the end of it. There were some wire fountains on my path, at least. Mm-hmm. But the wire fountains were near downtown. Once I left the downtown area, I was on my own. So I was just super thirsty. Got home, chugged a bunch of Gatorade, had a big burger. I feel great about this whole thing. I, I My feet are killing me right now. I have like It feels like I'm taking a sick day right now. I know yesterday my body was getting chills. I was like the blood was like rushing from one part of my body to another to like repair the damage. <laughs> it was like I had like a mini fever. But uh in the end though, I dedicated four hours of my time yesterday. Actually a bit more. I spent about an hour doing warm up exercises and yoga uh beforehand just to prepare for it. Yeah. And then uh, after that, uh just kinda crashed. But I, I my motivator to do it was uh the uh podcast The Adventure Zone uh by the McElroy brothers mm-hmm. from my brother, my brother and me. I just finished listening to most of their first uh arc they did called or their the first campaign they did it's a it's a D podcast by the way and uh i realized i wanted to listen to the final the final episode of the first arc in one consecutive sitting without like having interruptions so i actually trained myself to do all this so i could finish the episode in one long run so that was my motivator and it was worth it there was a 
part of the finale where I nearly cried. I, I could have also nearly cried because of the pain I was in at the time I was listening to that part. <laughs> like I was like running uphill and like it got very emotional. I was like, oh my God. So, <laughs> it was great though. People, I, I, I listened to the Adventure Zone. So the first the first story they do is called Balance. I actually got into the Adventure Zone during their second story called Amnesty, which is great. But people were saying, like, you should check out Balance. Like, it's really good. Like, if you love Amnesty, you'll love Balance. And for a while, I put it, I, I put it off. And then when the pandemic happened, I got really into the uh, Balance arc. And I totally get why people love it so much. It's just, uh, it's, yeah. it's a D&D podcast, but it's not a D&D podcast. Because it's, what it really is, is that there, a lot of the episodes aren't really battle, uh, battling. It's just basically a bunch of improv acting. Like they're just all improvising off each other, and the story that the that the DM created Griffin McElroy, it was just so compelling that, uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. The the McElroys are just extremely talented improv actors, and like not just like in the funny sense, they're great improv actors in the funny sense, but they're also great in like the dramatic sense. And the uh, the thing that really stood out to me in the Amnesty arc, I I'm not gonna ruin it. But there was like one episode where something happens also during a long, exhausting run <laughs> that I got to. And like I audibly shout out loud, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was their their storytelling and their acting is just to the next level. And and it was just they're they host a comedy podcast and their 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 chops for drama though are just so so good. My motivation for this month was to run 20 miles at the end of the month so I could finish that season. I'm happy I did, but my body hates me for it right now. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Um, not terribly much. I, I don't know. I've just kind of been out of it, if you will, a little bit drained. I, I, it's definitely been busier in the old daytime job. It's been very busy. Uh, customers um then side projects and prep work and research and writing and all of that and so i've and i've been working later and so it's kind of been when i get off work a little bit more mentally drained as it's just been pretty pretty busy the past two weeks so um and i foresee this coming week to also be busy as well but outside of that i did do some short story outlining. Um, nice. It, it was already an outline that I was working on, but from our writing discussion, um, I had through the um, conversing with another friend and seeing a storyboard and our discussion, I had started playing with mind map to mind map my story. So that's been super fun and playing with that to do that. So I just need to, there's a few more ideas that I have I want to add to the outline, um, some motivations and stuff like that. And then uh, once I have that, I think it should be ready to start writing. So that'll be fun to actually write something new creatively that I haven't written in quite a while. Uh, most of the stuff has been revising existing works. Uh, coming up, I will be publishing. I, I set a deadline for the first quarter to publish that my small poetry collection, and I'm at that deadline. And I oh. had just fixed a um, 
I did audio recording, but I'm gonna have to re-record certain ones because when re- doing the audio recording, I had found that I used the an improper word "lay" versus "lie." Oh yeah, that's the thing that's confusing. Ta- I think most yeah. people don't really know the difference. I barely know the difference, and I read the book. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, sentence and text, where, where she talks about the uh, when to use them. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you're talking present tense, it's it's fine, but it starts to get confusing in the past tense because then they f- flip. <laughs> Lay is you're doing something. You're you're putting taking action against something like you're laying your pen on the desk. Yeah. Lie is uh, more passive. You're lying in bed. It's like uh, effects right, or lie effects in bed. kind of thing. Like, yes. Yeah. I think uh, effect is the verb and effect is the noun version of it. Yeah. Effect is the result. Effect is is yeah. is prior to the result. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, that's probably a horrible definition, but <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah. It's one of those. So when I was reading it, I mean, it worked great when I was originally wrote it and then I did my multiple pass throughs and then it wasn't until I had already read it out loud, but I had just finished my first editing cert. And so when I was coming back to the text, I was like, Oh, wait a minute, (laughs) this is incorrect. So um, I'm going to be publishing. I fixed that. So I'm going to be publishing that this week to meet my deadline. So it's not going to be a big fanfare or anything like that. Um, but it will be my first self-published thing. And then the next one is the weighted short story, which I need to add um, and the revisions. And so that's my Q2 publishing item. So uh, yeah, I'll get that published. And then Q3 um, maybe could be this new short story I'm writing. Uh, We'll see. Um, So we have that and, uh, speaking of, of stories, I wasn't planning to, but last weekend, and if you saw in the newsletter, I talked about it. I watched the four hour oh, yeah, Snyder right, yeah. cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but what we got in a theatrical cut. So the Snyder cut is the original. The yeah. theatrical release is the reshoots which technically i could i can see the reason why because to get the director's credit you have to have filmed a certain percentage of the movie Hmm. hence a lot of reshoots that were so silly and didn't make any sense as to why he changed the source material yeah i know why they would go from zach snyder mr sirius to joss Whedon for the reshoots that seems like a bad choice of director yeah, maybe he was available or something. And then I have two, two Avengers movies. He could do this one kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what it was because they DC is desperately trying to catch up to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yes, it's definitely the keyword right there. <laughs> it's it's a four hour movie, so yes, you get to do things uh, a little bit more. But it doesn't feel like a four hour movie to me. It flows really well, um, and you get a lot of context to it. I'm not saying that every scene um, is needed in there, but um, there's a reason why when you're filming movies where you where directors stick on a particular scene 
or let it play out a little mm-hmm. bit longer because it adds some breath to it. Mm-hmm. And I think writers or creatives can learn lots of things if they compare the two differences from the movies mm-hmm. as to, you know, how one scene was cut to just being one minute in the Whedon version and it's four minutes in the in the Snyder version. There are some differences there. Um and reasons why. So that was very interesting to look at and to kind of take take in when creative projects, a lot goes into it that we may not necessarily see, um, especially if you're writing. So when you're consuming media, yeah, you may not like it, but you have to realize like it's it's a labor of love. And sometimes people don't always get the things right mm-hmm. or they have to make decisions that end up impacting the final result just to to get it out the door right Mm. um like i have my own self-imposed deadline for this poetry collection i think it could be better it was always always intended to be a very small short thing i need to meet that deadline that i set for myself otherwise it's never going to happen same with the rest of the stories i have coming forth so that's kind of been what I've been up to consuming and doing. But in addition to that, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's been such busy uh, work week and everything. What added to that pain was having to deal with my resistance list. Mm -hmm. So throughout these past two weeks, we've been working on our resistance list. The one thing, putting one thing a day or, or whatever, that we don't want to do and spending at least 30 minutes and doing mm. now, where did you get this uh, from? Can you refresh this from the last episode? Yeah, actually I was listening to the podcast. I get the idea, the idea from earlier, right before we started recording the topic came to me. I was listening to an episode of focused. It's a product day podcast hosted by Mike Schmitz and uh, David Sparks. Uh, they're on the relay network. They're both big product TV nerds. Uh, that they kind of like a host a podcast like this. I actually got to meet them in a uh, in a uh, I guess like a listener virtual meetup once, and I, and I did uh, mention that I host a po- <laughs> this show, but I don't know if they ever checked it out. Oh wow! <laughs> or I guess small time niche podcast about uh, their their tagline is the productivity show about more than just turning out widget, widgets. <laughs> they they kind of like us. They do discussions over certain topics, but they also do interviews too. And uh, in a recent episode, they had an interview with Chris Bailey, who has been a favorite of the show for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Bailey said that he's doing this new thing now called the Resistance List, where he has like a list, like, like a notepad that he writes down the things that he's that he has a hard time doing or like he resists doing. And he tells himself that he has to spend an hour each day working on it, and he has it divided up into work and personal life. And that's where the idea came from. Uh, he also tracks his, his resistance stuff through uh, using uh, habit trackers to uh, just like make a daily habit. I personally have actually given up on ha- on habit trackers, but that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the idea came to me from that. That would be a fun thing to try out. He says an hour, that half an hour would be more applicable to us since it's easier to squeeze in half an hour a day versus an hour a day. And yeah, uh, that's where it came from. And I also recommend people to check out that podcast as well not just the episode but the entire show focused uh just it's a great show all uh throughout uh, everything i get a lot of ideas from that show as well 
So okay. yeah, the idea came from that. And yeah, the idea is just pretty much like, okay, you're having a hard time doing this. That's like half an hour is not too long to ask for. So how about, uh, how about we just sit down for half an hour after work and work on this thing? And that was, that, that's a, the gist of the idea. Mark, how did it go for you? Not, not, I didn't do terribly well. What was your technique like? So, um, so my technique is using the thing that we're going to be reviewing in the next episode. Mm. <laughs> so I have a list of that I've been uh, writing my. So I mostly use this because it hasn't been terribly well on the side project front. And that's the nights and weekends to work on, you know, personal projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly use this in the daytime project, which is quite quite rare. Most of the challenges and stuff that we do, I've always applied it to my side projects and everything else. Mm. But yeah. this one, I was able to apply it to the old day job. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so I kept the list. I have a list, daily list that of things that I'm going to work on, tasks that I want to accomplish. And then I have some of the more difficult projects. Because I work in a support role, my day can shift very widely from being consumed with working uh, with a single customer the entire day. Actually, there was on a single day, I think I had spent like five hours on a single customer. And that was a mixture of like working on their case and then um, uh, calls with that customer. And then when you get done, you have other meetings uh, in between and everything else, right? Then new stuff gets added <laughs> that has a timeline. So there was, it became a, a, a question of, can I work on, can I spend 30 minutes on this particular thing to do? Mm-hmm. Or is that not enough time because it requires a particular mindset for me to get into the flow of it? Which is interesting. I think Chris Bailey even talked about this in his book, uh, Hyperfocus, right? Mm-hmm. In which there's a period of time before we get into a state uh, of flow and your interruptions, right? I think it was, what, 15 minutes. It takes 15 to 20 minutes to get back into the the flow of doing your work after an interruption, right? So you have lots of uh, lost productivity time every time you're interrupted. But it, it should still take about that amount of time to get into the flow of doing that project. And once you're in the flow of it, that 30 minutes doesn't seem like enough. But then mm-hmm. the hour to work on that particular thing doesn't seem well suited when I have other pressing matters popping in. So over the course of time uh, that we were doing the challenge, I, overall, there was like one particular thing that I wanted to try to get done. I didn't make that much progress on it because it wasn't the pressing emergency of the day, the, the yeah. fire of the day. Yeah. So the, it's it's as much as I wanted to try to participate or do this challenge fully, I found that I couldn't do that really uh, for the most part because I found myself in, in a contentious point trying to decide Where should I actually focus my time? Is it Mm -hmm. doing the thing that I don't want to do, kind of don't want to do, but no, I should do? Or is it focused on trying to get these the most pressing things that I need to get done? And that kind of it transitioned to that. We talked about the power hour, right? Mm -hmm. Taking the most difficult thing that you want to get done. 
and I tried to apply that as well, but uh, given the caseload and then the new things that were popping on the radar, mm-hmm. um, it was just kind of a battle of <laughs> what's what needs the fire put out uh, first. So it wasn't, I, I would have to say, it was very challenging because I wasn't super successful in this. But then it was also compared to, I guess, the previous weeks, it was a much more difficult time to try to tackle something like this in the day job. What about you? Uh, so I, to actually make this work for me, I actually brought back two things we tested before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was actually directly from Chris Bailey, which was using the uh, the task matrix. Uh, uh, where yeah. you do productive and not attractive. I brought the or productive and attractive and not productive and not attractive. I brought those back because I found out that I already had filters on Todoist for not attractive task. So instead of creating a new filter, I'm like, I'll just, I'll just use this one and uh, tag things again with the same tags as I used to have. Well, I found out there was a pretty much everything on work started piling up in the non attractive list. It's <laughs> 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 like, like, a lot of things that I'm working on right now are out of the design phase, which is the thing I really like doing, and like more into the permitting phase, which I will put off longer than I would like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I saw that list just grow more and more and more, and I just, I ended up ignoring the list a lot more because it kept mm-hmm. growing more and more. Uh, the other thing on top of that, though, personally, though, I managed to bring back our theme days, which helped me for my personal goals. Because I had this book on Python called Beyond the Basics with Python. Mm-hmm. Or Beyond the Basics stuff with Python. It's a sequel. I guess you say sequel to uh, the uh, to another book by this author called Automate the Boring Stuff uh, with Python. Yeah. And uh, I realized that I wanted to start learning. Or I got tired of like what I was using to uh, work on my Python skills. And I felt like I wasn't really learning anything anymore. And the, uh, the problems on the... Uh, the practice problems I was working on, I guess, got more difficult, which is good because it means I'm leveling up, so to speak. But they also became more time-consuming that I just can't put the time towards them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn something a little bit more practical and a little bit less comp sci like this problems are teaching. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, so I decided I was going to do alternate days and have one theme day be for, uh, for learning Python through that book because I got that book about a month ago and I put off reading it because I was like, I can't learn from a book. I prefer videos. Why did I buy this book in the first place? <laughs> but <laughs> I put on alternating days, like Monday and Wednesday is Python. And then uh, Tuesday, Thursday, I did originally put for writing, but I realized that that wasn't getting to cut it. And that uh, I actually needed to start running more for my 20 mile run. So my writing days became running days, which I think was saying also is resisting because I, I do love running, but Anything over six miles or really 10 miles, as I learned, gets really tough for me and kind of sounds a little bit humble braggy, I guess, but as a distance runner <laughs> who typically runs six miles at least once a week. Anything uh, below 50 miles is just a... Uh... <laughs> I don't understand how marathoners exist. <laughs> like, like When I was like training for everything, like, I, I'd train and like, do 15 miles to work on my stamina. And I was like, this is 10 miles, this is 11 miles short of a marathon. Why would anybody ever run a marathon? That's 15 miles sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was alternating between those things and the theme days did definitely help. But I, I had less of a resistance list by the end of our challenge and more of just like resistance themes I was working on. 
<laughs> so personally, I was able to push myself and be like, hey, you want to learn Python. Writing is great and all, but you already did pretty well with your writing uh, learning last year. And you continue working on it every other day just because you love doing it. But uh, it's time to learn something new as well. So I was like, I'll put up the things that I'm resisting and actually get to learning uh, Python again through this book beyond the basics. And then also the running goal that had the uh, magic, the magical solution of deadlines. I had a personal deadline I had to get done by, which was the 27th of March. And because of that deadline, I was more motivated to do it. I feel like if I didn't have that deadline, I probably would have put off some more because after 10 miles, I feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Personal wise, it helped out a lot for me to get these things going. And I actually did uh, write down some notes from my first three days of using this list. Apparently I did, the, the resist was very helpful for the first couple of uh, days at work. I was able to work on these things I've been resisting. But after a while, like I said, it just started piling up a bit and I just never wanted to look at the list again. But I did get the ball rolling on some things, which is good. And like a lot of things I was working on that were that I was resisting were things that were still easy to do, relatively speaking. Like yeah. I am a runner, I am a distance runner. So I, I so for example, I'm no longer working or no, no working. I'm I no longer have D and D on Sundays like I tend to like I used to do. Or I used to play D and D from two PM to six PM every Sunday since COVID hits. Actually, since before COVID hit, I'd play D and D from two PM to six PM with my friends, and the it was always great. But it was always weird to have it on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, unfortunately, that's like the only way our work schedules lined up. Since a few of the people in the group they work Saturdays, but they have Sundays and and uh, Monday off, so mm-hmm. it was only the best time to do it. So I told myself that I was going to start blogging now in Quadrant Nine on Sundays and like turn that into my uh put that on like a resistance list to work on and uh last weekend instead of doing that we had a doggy play date with a friend of mine (laughs) yeah so like that that's something I've been putting up for a while and I'm going to try myself my best to write a post today after we after we uh finish recording but for me like I'd rather run 20 miles and write a blog post. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and like the Python thing has like direct career implications. Like I could bring this into my job and make things much more efficient. Yeah. And uh, do data analysts uh, through it because there's a, uh, there's some modules for program we use in our work that are Python based. So I could as direct career applications that I could bring to the table. Uh, writing the blog post doesn't really have that. So it's harder for me to get that ball rolling. And of course, the things I get with that work is that uh, the best motivator for anything that you don't want to do is a deadline. And some of these things have deadlines that are like six months out. And like I could get the ball rolling now, but why would I do it now? It was really hit or miss for me. I think it, I think it had some good stuff and some bad stuff. In yeah. my system, I think the theming the days for my personal life made it a little bit better. In a sense, I was kind of like doing one day of doing something that I was resisting and the next day doing something that I was kind of resisting, but I was more motivated to do. So the thing I was resisting was beyond the basics of Python. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was kind of resisting, but I was more willing to do was running. Because it just comes so naturally to me. And so I, I kind of had to make a compromise with myself to make this thing work. Yeah. Uh, I, I think in theory, it's a great idea because... 
I mean, who would? I mean, thirty minutes is that much time? Like you could totally do it easily, but it's amazing like how many excuses your brain will come up <laughs> with like, trying to not do things, especially like, yeah. like like more valid excuses like yours. Like we're like, I have this fire to put out, but I also had this thing I've been putting off for the past six months, which is a higher priority. Well, probably I've been putting something off because I have so many fires to put off at work. Yeah. So it it's a mixed bag, is what it feels like to me. It it is. And though the good thing with it, like I really like the idea, you know, the this particular time that we did it, I didn't um foresee that lots of things changing and happening in which I needed, you know, faster responses and input and, and whatever. I mean, that's, I mean, such the life of support Mm -hmm. you, I mean, your day can just drastically change and, uh, with the new projects and stuff like that. But the good thing that it did is like, it at least put those things that I was putting off when I did have the available time, because you would look at it and you're like, like, I really don't want to do that. Yeah. There's no deadline for it, yeah. but I know I need to do it. I should probably set a deadline, but if I know if I self-set a deadline, I will probably put it further out. Yeah. So I guess if I set a deadline, I should like make it immediate, but I really don't want to do it. So should I set a deadline? Anyway, it brings those things. It makes you, you know, you go through that process, but it brings it back to the forefront of your mind, mm-hmm. even though you may not have been able to, get to it Mm -hmm. i have a sense of how much time i actually need to block to get that done so it's not necessarily work on it where i can break it up into smaller chunks i think it's it's something it's a a larger project if you will so i would need more a larger chunk of time to dedicate to it to actually have the time to get into a flow state Mm -hmm. and then to continue on with it so I really like the idea of it. It just didn't work out for me this time because work has been so busy with so many different fires. So I couldn't apply it fully to the day job. I was able to like to start, but not make any meaningful progress on it because then I would have to switch to something else. And the day job kind of left me the, these past few weeks, left me mentally drained and working late, mm. eating late. And then you don't have much energy to do anything else, yeah. really. Yeah. The, so, it, it, yeah. The Go thing ahead. that I was, I was listening to the focus episode right before we started recording to refresh myself, uh, they were talking about like eating the frog first thing in the morning is the best way to go about using this list. Yeah. Is, but that's like, for me, eating that frog is going straight to work because otherwise I'll put off going to work until later in the day. And it's just better for me to just wake up and go straight to work. But then, of course, yeah, by the end of the day, I have less energy to do something that uh, I, I personally want to do. So it's a trade-off uh, that you uh, account for. It'd be easier for your personal life and your work life are much more closer together, but that's not true with everybody. Yeah, I think um, the same. Like, more, more recently, I've been trying to, even though I start work later now, I try to make try not to do anything heavy mm. <laughs> in my morning because one thing that doesn't like that's changed is like we do so much work on or I do so much work on my computers mm. that you get up and then I don't want to like immediately hop on a computer to start like some tasks. Sometimes I do, 
but I, I try to like at least have the first hour or something for me mm. reading or just chilling or mm. just going for a walk or whatever and not have to immediately me jumping into something. Mm. And more so I make it when I, if I do hop on the computer before work, I make it a lax experience more recently where it's it's me uh, answering emails and and reading some articles that I had. So not jumping into super productive, but then when starting the work day, it's me catching up because we're what 24 six. It's me catching up on what happened offline. Do I need to follow up with people? Did I get any messages? Is there anything critical that needs that needs assistance at this particular moment? So it's already starting with that particular routine. Uh, before me determining if I should jump into something else. So it that's been a little bit challenging to do as well. Yeah. I will say, this is a teaser for the next episode, but the system that we're testing out, I began testing out a week early uh, because Mark was nice to gift it to me. It's another physical product. And that actually helped me with this a bit, but uh, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, one thing that <laughs> I was playing out for a while that did help me with is changing task managers. Mm-hmm. I One thing I've been thinking about lately is like how closer my work and personal life are getting right now, especially like worth working from home, that I decided to add some more separation between the two. And mm-hmm. it starts with like, started like, like with something very inexpensive solution that's completely trivial, but... I bought a new monitor that I own and instead of, instead of borrowing from the office that I now have in my office. That way you'd say that my personal home office is my own office now. So I dropped like $500 in a new monitor. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like the same same resolution, different company, a uh, different brand, but same, revolution, same resolution, same aspect ratio as my uh, previous mo- work monitor. But... I was just like, I want to own my monitor in my office. So now I have yeah. the work monitor in the closet for backup if something goes wrong with this one. But that's it. Another thing I was resisting doing for a while was I wanted to spin off my work task from Todoist to a different task manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, our our company loves Microsoft Office. And Microsoft Office has this uh, task manager based off of, based off of Wonderlist, or Wonderlist, Wonderlist, uh, that uh, after they bought Wonderlist, they absorbed it into their company. And they created Microsoft To Do, which integrates with the Microsoft Outlook. You could like turn emails directly into task, and it puts them in your task manager for you. And that's great because I get a lot of tasks from that. So I spent, I think, part of Thursday during my downtime at work just redoing my task system, and moved all my task from not all my tasks, but all my important tasks, yeah, off of uh, my To Doist onto Microsoft To Do. And Microsoft To Do is a different system than we. Than what Todoist does, like it's they're similar but also significantly different, and uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But uh, it, it gave me some room to breathe, and I feel like with my task managers, and I feel like I could put some more separation as things get closer. And I had that on my resistance list to migrate task managers, and I had that on my t- on my resistance list for months, and then <laughs> I finally did it. So you know, it, it was helpful for that. Now I got some room yeah. to breathe. Uh, it seems like it's very likely that we'll be working remotely for a while, even after the pandemic. So uh, it's good to have some uh, foresight into the next couple of years of working and like how I want it to be. 
Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Also, Mike's have to do is recommended by some user on Reddit a, probably a year or so ago, and I posted on Reddit like, "Hey, what's some ideas for this podcast that we're testing? Like, where we test our ideas?" And somebody said, "Like, you should check out Microsoft to do." So maybe we could review it together one of these days. Does they have that for? I guess they should have it for Apple. Yeah, I think or so. Something. It's it's also a web app, which is what I'm using. I'm using the web app. It's actually okay. it's only a web app. Yeah, it's only a web app. I think. The only a web app. Yeah, uh, they have an Android one, but I, but I actually just downloaded the web app, the progressive web app, onto my phone instead. So, <laughs> <laughs> giving more separation that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I will be up for it. I don't use. Mm, yeah, I don't really use to do apps. Well, I don't really use papers, so <laughs> we, we've well, traded off before. True. We we have traded off. I was yeah. trying to think. I was thinking in the sense like do, like what do I currently yeah. use? And I I don't use anything electronic for just like a daily to do. Yeah. yeah, I use paper, even my weekend to dos Yeah. Oh yeah, I see. It's written. <laughs> it's written on a paper. Yes. And one of them was to take down all the foam pads on my wall, and I replaced it with print art so my my work desk is looking pretty snazzy for my upcoming copy editor training that i will be undergoing so uh so it sounds like we've kind of both uh ventured around the same space regarding the resistance less task and right now these headphones are resisting staying on my yeah, head yeah no you're giving a whole answer as we're recording uh, <laughs> like, can you not hear me that well no they're just falling off <laughs> no they're falling off uh yesterday was a hair day yeah and so i braided and did all my hair and this is the result of uh <laughs> long hair so i got a big fro everybody <laughs> and the headphones are wanting to fall off so uh, with the resistance list, do you have any other final thoughts or how would you rate this? Yeah, uh, final ratings, good in theory, questionable in practice. It definitely helped me get my bearings set, but it didn't really help too much with like my daily driver. So I think that a resistance list has like, like a, has like a weekly review or a monthly review would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Like don't do it every day. Like just like take like a look at your list at the beginning of each week or the beginning of each month and say, okay, what do I want to work on? Uh, what have I been putting off and like see if you squeeze it in. I would not recommend doing it as a daily driver. So as a daily driver, I give it a three. It's very mixed as a daily driver. But if you want to modify it, like I end up doing pretty much where it became more like a, a guideline to follow that I just reviewed every so often. Uh, I actually give it a five out of five because I, I put off reading that book forever and I got to it and I'm like, no, oh, this is actually a pretty good book. I'm happy I started doing this. I wasn't necessarily putting off my running goals, but it made me more motivated to do them because I'm like, ah, I do not want to run 15 miles again to train for this, <laughs> but it made it easier for me to, to do work wise. As I said, like a lot of things started falling into the resistance list. So I think if you do have a resistance list, you should also tier it if you can, like reorganize it every so often. That way you don't see like 50 items on it that you don't want to do and just like choose like the top five mm-hmm. and uh, focus on those for the, like the week. Uh, a modified resistance list I think is a good idea. A daily resistance list uh, depends on who you are. I, it's not for me. Yeah. So three out of five for that. Uh, that's my opinion. How about you, Mark? I would put it at a three out of five as well. I can see the potential. I don't like it as a daily list. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you. I think having it on your weekly list 
as something weekly to tackle or a monthly list will be very good. Mm -hmm. I will also recommend if you're going about it, a particular thing that you don't want to do, likely because it's difficult or if it's unappealing. If it's difficult, try to see if you could break it down into smaller deliverables and then sprinkle those throughout. I know the the particular test that I had could not be smaller deliverables. See if you can do that and it'll break it out and spread it out and make it a little bit much mm. nicer. Um, I can say, yes, it's a, it's a fantastic feeling when you finally do the one thing that you've been oh, yeah. putting off for yeah. the longest time, right? Like today I'm going to do my taxes that I've been putting off <laughs> for the longest time. Like who wants to do taxes? Yeah. Outside of that, yeah, three out of five. I think it's it's not daily, but a weekly or monthly list to do. I think it's always great to keep a list, a resistance list to review periodically mm-hmm. to just keep those things front of mind. And I liked how it put some of those items front of mind for me. So that is my rating for it. Nice. All right. Well, Mike, you want to show off our next thing since you were really excited about this thing. You've actually dropped its name multiple times probably over the course of the past year, or at least ever since the uh, <laughs> Kickstarter for this project happened, uh, which I don't know when it was, but it feels like you've been talking about this thing forever. So. <laughs> I have been talking about this thing forever. So this is Analog by Ugmok. Uh, Ugmok is a designer originally uh, uh, by Jeff Sheldon. He originally designed shirts and things of that nature, but I never really got his clothing. It wasn't until he like expanded and started adding objects. I'm a bit of a fan of his products. So I have different coffee mugs and I have his gather desk uh, system. But what we will be reviewing is Analog, mm-hmm. built as the simplest productivity system. It is a kind of desktop system with a solid wood oak base, and it's supplied with uh, cards, uh, almost like index cards, but uh, narrower. Mm -hmm. And three cards uh, for your today, your next, and your someday. Each day you write your to-dos on that list uh, for the cards. And it has dots uh, similar to the bullet journal system that you can use to Fill in however you like and or mark them however you like to that a task is complete or it's been moved to the next day, et cetera, et cetera. What's so fantastic about it is that because of the base, the cards are always propped up in a vertical slanted vertical position so that it's easier to view on your desk when you're working. So they're always Mm -hmm. ever present. Your to do list is right there for you. You see it. It's just a glance away. And it's not laying flat on the desk like a notepad. And it it creates quite the difference. But we'll get more into that review in our next episode. So that's going to be Analog by Ugmok. Mm -hmm. Kyle, in the meantime, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter where I post occasionally as KyleSQ9. I'm also on Instagram underneath the same handle where I publish even less on there. I don't know if I do post on Instagram, it's usually just puppy pics, which I mean, puppies are cute. So recommend following <laughs> for that reason. You'd also read my blog, which I may or may not start up. <laughs> you never know by the time this comes out, there might be a new post at quadrant9.net. And you'd also read all my fiction writing uh, underneath my pen name, Jonathan K. Webb at jonathankweb.com. Where can people find you, Nark? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AskMarkiel. 
That's askmark.io. You can find my blog newsletter at askmark.io. You can also find everything that we mentioned in the beautiful show notes that we have at tpl.show for short or the productivity lab.show. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. Until next time, stay productive.